This is the Team Lotus Cares podcast. We connect with business owners and managers to protect your business from cyber attackers while providing business clarity empowered by technology. You can make technology for your business more productive, secure, and simple. Now, here is Maria and Curtis. Hello, Curtis. Here we are. Here we are, Maria. Episode 35 of Team Lotus Cares podcast. And today is a special episode because we have a very special guest. This this is fun. This is fun. I mean, yeah. I'm not a gamer, but no. I mean, it's, I was talking with colleagues today and we were talking about gaming. The question did come up, do, do you game? And I'm like, you know, I used to, did Space Invaders back in the day. <laughs> so I recently had an opportunity to hang out with my son. And so we found in Daytona Beach, Florida, if you get an opportunity across from the Speedway, is Maria, I was going to hold out on this, but I'm going to tell you about it. The world's largest Space Invaders. <gasps> And Pac-Man. Ooh. Your neck bothers you because the screen is so huge. <laughs> that sounds fun. And in, in Space Invaders, you actually get to hold a cannon. and pop, 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 pop. But I will tell you, it it's not the game we played as kids on the Atari 2600. This is fast-paced. This is... Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> so. Neat. Yeah, absolutely. So the gaming that Titus is going to be talking about goes far beyond Maria's and I's <laughs> Atari days. But he founded a game, a chain of gaming centers. So I have the utmost respect for these kind of people that they see a problem yes. and they fix it. And the problem he wants to fix is that gamers tend to become specialists in one game. Yeah. And then they don't really build a community because they're isolated because they don't know other people that play that game. So what he does is he gets these folks together in these uh, gaming centers and they join leagues. And I think the top prize is a hundred thousand dollars. And I checked, they are starting another hundred thousand uh, dollar round of these leagues, but it gets these uh, gamers, young and old, at age appropriate. The league is age yes. appropriate, which Maria really, you know, thought was important. I do too, but um, as a mom, she thinks it's really important. Yeah, because it becomes a safe environment if my child decides that he wants to do something like that, and you know, you're amongst uh, so many out there. And it's like, what game are we playing? <laughs> yes. So it's really neat. It, it's a good interview, but uh, I. I no further ado, let's uh, introduce uh, Titus Walker with Ultimate Endgamers League. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company, Titus. Sure. Uh, my name, like you said, is Titus. Um, been doing the esports, uh, been in the esports world for four years, going on four years now. Um, originally started with, because I, I do have a, a large family myself and wanted to give them a place to go to play video games and, and have fun and figured there'd be more families like me that, you know, wanted to, to take somewhere, take their kids somewhere safe, just enjoy themselves in a right. nice environment and play video games. And, um, and it turned into something much, much more than that. Um, and so, um, so yeah, we've been in, in the industry now of esports for, um, yeah, about four years. I mean, we started, we started doing the esports thing shortly after opening the arcade. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's pretty much the, the intro to, to my world. So you have a physical location right now. You said, you mentioned you have an arcade. Where's that located? Yes. Um, we have four, four physical locations. Um, one in, um, Stafford, Virginia, mm -hmm. one in, uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia, one in, uh, Virginia beach, and then one in, um, Ashburn, 
a little bit further north. Um, okay. It's all, all east coast, um, and we're moving moving a little bit further south, actually um, looking for locations in North Carolina and then actually north as well in, in uh, New York. Good deal. That's fantastic. It sounds like in just four years you've had some phenomenal growth. Yeah, yeah, we've done we've done really well, um, and it's um, it it's really it comes down to what we do that's that's so so different. So so what is it that that makes you different then? Because I know there's other entities out there setting up these type of um, uh, gaming, you know, gaming state, you know, hard brick and mortar areas where the where yeah. folks can go play. What what makes you different? So um, when we originally started, we had the, the idea of just being the arcade, but I kind of was, when I was talking with my wife, um, we, we decided, I, I was thinking, okay, well, what would make people come out of their basement, you know, or their game room and come play here when they could be in the comfort of their own home and pretty much do all of the same interactions um, and stuff like that, that they get, that they get with us, they can get at home now because you do have that the virtual world um out there and so um i started thinking of a competition that was that would kind of get people engaged and get them to come out and and compete at a high level mm-hmm. um and so i started looking into the esports world and um recognized a big hole in the industry and that was that every esports platform on the planet um, has a main focus of a game, one game, one game title, right? And so I, you know, I, I was in real estate prior to this. And so I thought about it and I'm like, okay, that essentially would be like me building a big mansion on someone else's land. Um, because if I don't own that one game, I do not have access to be able to do what I want with my community. So even if I built a community of 10 million users, if I don't own the game itself, then the game eventually can just pull and say, well, um, I appreciate the community you've built up of, you know, 10 million, 100 million. It's great. Um, but I'd like to do this myself now. And okay. um, and then, of course, they would do that themselves, because if they see you're making, you know, tons of money and, and extremely successful, they can oh, pull yeah. at any time. Yep. I saw that back in 2000. We started we we. It was birthed in 2019, at the very end of 2019, and then we actually officially got it started um, in February of 2020, so right around the time of uh, the worst timing ever as far as setting up a, um, a business based around community because started the arcade, you know, and then people couldn't be next to each other. They had to wear a mask, and so it's like everybody's there for community, but there is no real like community atmosphere. You can't really commune with each other or um, enjoy the company of each other. But it um, it taught me a lot during that time to be able to 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 shift and, and learn what works, what doesn't work at a small scale before, you know, stuff started opening up again. And, and we've kind of um, grown since that exploded since then. Um, but my fix to the to the one game issue was, OK, well, what if. What if the focus wasn't on a game in, in particular, but instead we create a sport around gaming, right? Yeah. And so we set aside any particular game and now we create a sport around gaming, mastering gaming. Because what I've, I, and I did a ton of research on the start of the NBA, the start of the NFL, okay. um, the start of the UFC, 
um, so that I could say, okay, <clears throat> all of those sports started with, with one similar concept and then they took all pieces of it. Like basketball, when it started, they had um, some places were doing like 50 on 50, believe it or not. So, and there was, there was no dribbling. You could only pass the ball, right? And then um, some places had, uh, because basketball, it, it, right now, you couldn't imagine a world where it's, it's anything other than what it is now, right? Sure. Right. But at yeah. one time, basketball was just as disjointed as esports is now. Hmm. And until somebody came in and said, okay, I'm going to put these pieces together to create something to focus on the art form right. um, and shine a light on it and get, get people interested in it. Uh, there would have been no basketball without the the original, you know, BAA and NBL, right. um, which combined to create the NBA. And so um, I started taking those pieces and saying, OK, well, uh, gaming as an art form right now isn't really recognized. The way people look at it, they have a game that they play and then you have the top gamers. I'm like, if I focus on that not only would I have a much smaller audience because there can only be one number one in any right. game. Right? right. But also I would end up uh, again, building a community that I don't own, you know, and that I'll never own because the bigger I get, the bigger their game gets and the bigger their game gets, the more they have the ability to just pull it from me. Sure. And so I was like, all right, well, what I'll do, I'll take pieces from different games. So I took um, our, the 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 we created a wheel of games all right it's like a roulette wheel and i like i i enjoy a little bit of roulette um and so i'm like okay well that will give everybody the experience of you know watching it spin and wondering what game is it going to land on each part of that wheel has a different game and the okay. games change every season so the game is, is not it's not even relevant it's not important you know okay. only to the people coming in that don't understand the concept they say well what games do you play you say great question <laughs> there's actually 33 different games again similar to a roulette wheel and they focus on five different genres instead fighting games shooting games sports games racing games and then strategy games so each genre is the focus and then the mastery of all five genres is what makes somebody the master of gaming. And we call that the end gamer, also a word we created. And so an end gamer is a master of the art form of gaming. And once someone reaches mastery, they become an end gamer. Um, and the end gamers can go in for any game at any time and still win. And so what that does is it, it takes away the, the one, it gives a, an athleticism to the to gaming where now you know anyone can sit and play a video game for 15 hours one video game for 15 hours a day and master it right but how many people in the world can really master the art form of gaming right the, the and understand the uh -oh. mechanics and right <laughs> right and so there's there's a lot less and there's a lot more interest and a lot more fandom when you know you could imagine if you're watching football and um and they play with like uh, uh, like a blow-up beach ball, so it's much easier to catch, and you can pick the ball up. You know, it's not as interesting when there's not as much athleticism to it. Sure. What sure. makes it interesting is the fact that it doesn't matter how much work someone puts into this, they might not be able to accomplish it, right? They might not be able to do it. Um, and so 
at the same time, somehow we've given this anybody can do it atmosphere where, you know, anybody that enjoys video games plays more than one game a year. Most sure. of the gamers that even play one game a year don't enjoy that one game anymore because over time it becomes work, right? Yep. And what we've done is allow the gamers that just enjoy gaming to, to have a world where they can thrive, where they can enjoy themselves just understanding gaming and playing games. We did research and found that the average gamer buys 20, 22 to 24 games a year, and they play wow. 22 to 24 different games a year. And so um, if you are just playing one game, you are eliminating 99% of your audience, of your gamers, of the people that, that enjoy you know the art form of gaming, whereas when you do what we're doing, you capture all of them. Anybody that enjoys League of Legends or NBA 2K or Tekken can can join our league and have a good time and also learn new games along the way. So that, that's that is wonderful. really unique. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do have a question because you mentioned early on in the conversation that you do this in a matter too, which I think that actually that probably sets you apart as well, that you do this on like a safe format. Can you tell us a little bit about how you do that? In a, you said a safe format? Yes. Yeah, so um, so essentially, when we're uh, when we're competing, everybody comes to the the location to compete. So we found that online, um, there's there can be a lot of foul play because there's nobody that's watching and and making sure that things are going, um, making sure that people are playing with fairness, right? Yeah. Um, because fairness is extremely important to us. Um, we have a ton of rules to make sure that that happens, um, but. We also, so we have um, as young, our youngest professional is 11, going on 12, and he's amazing. He's everybody's uh, favorite. Um, And then our oldest is 40 or 50. Um, And so there's a really good mix of gamers. But every team that's involved in our league is owned by somebody that's been vetted, somebody that um, is an investor in the league um, and trying to push the league forward in a way that you think of it like an NFL team owner, right? They're, they all have their rules and regulations to make sure that it is a safe environment, to make sure that um, the team feels comfortable playing, whether they're 10 or whether they're, well, the age right now, the age limit is like a very mature 10 year old. Like we actually will vet the 10 year old and talk to the parents and say, you know, make sure that it's, a really good fit before we, you know, involve them. Otherwise we do have a, a, a little league that they can compete in as wow. well. And so it really just depends on, on where they fit. Well, that um, actually would we, make the parents feel comfortable with that. Absolutely. Ex- yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and so we don't want to, because there are some, I mean, the guy, the, his name's pizza man and he's 11. <laughs> and um, I mean, he is amazing, extremely talented, extremely coachable, and it would be a shame to not allow him to compete at the level that he really is at right now, you know. But at the same time, if he wasn't mature enough to be there um, and, and the parents weren't really involved to make sure that, you know, he's he, he's understanding the environment that he's in and they're there as well to make sure, you know, then we would we would say, OK, we're probably not going to have him here, but we can have him compete here until we feel that he's he's prepared for it. So. We do, we do have a lot of um, fail-safes, if you will, to make sure that, you know, everyone there feels the community 
the way it should be. And, and the community is so diverse because if you think about it, um, uh, I don't know if you guys know any, any video games, but League of Legends is probably the, um, it is a, an extremely popular game, but it is a very specific person that plays League of Legends. Like it is, they, they are, um, they are the people that, that that people call nerds, and I won't call them nerds. But that that is that that is that stereotypical. Nerds right now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So so that is that is that stereotypical nerd, right? That plays League of Legends. Then on the other hand, you have um, someone like a, a a Madden player or a 2K player. You can picture the difference between the two. One is you know the yeah. jock, and one is the nerd. And in no world do those two really mingle or enjoy each other's company or understand the differences between them except mm -hmm. ours because if you have a seven man roster this is the way it works you have seven men on each team right seven seven man roster on this side or woman there's a lot of females thank you we've actually had uh, quite the explosion of females in the league this season um and so um you have a, a seven man or woman roster on this side a seven man or woman uh roster on that side and one of them plays League of Legends, one of them plays 2K, one of them is a sports player, one of them is a strategy player, right? Well, the only way that that team wins is if the strategy players and the sports players work together because they're both going to have to play each other's game. And so they, they not only have to deal with each other's differences, but they have to appreciate each other's differences because in order to win, I have to learn what you do. You have to teach me what you do uh -huh. so that I can get better at your style of games and you can get better at my style of games. And so we have the wildest set of friends now in this community with, with people that they would never in a million years um, hang out with outside of, you know, they, they do now, but if this didn't happen, they would never have met each other or talked to each other or given a second look to each other because they're so different. But mm -hmm. that difference is what makes the, the community so beautiful now. Um, and so, Outside of the the competition, that's probably my favorite my favorite thing is just the community and and uh, what's well, going. That has to be very motivating as a business owner, an entrepreneur, yeah. And um, and seeing, you know, your your concept develop in such a way, and somebody actually taking satisfaction in that. Do you yeah. ever consider? Because it sounds like these are individual sites that you have and you're growing in this capacity, right? Do you ever yep. consider in plugging in that in someone else's brick and mortar or somebody else's, you know, establishment yes. be like a sports complex or something to that effect? Yeah. So, um, that is our, like, that's our, that's our business plan. Essentially, um, we go to different locations that are already existent. They already have the PCs and, and, um, TV setups and all that stuff like that. And I know from running the arcade how unsuccessful those are for the okay. most part. Um, they, they they don't, you know, there is no real like grab because again, they have to not only get the buy-in from the people to leave their homes, but then pay to leave their homes to show up at another place where they have a, a different keyboard than they're used to, oh. a different controller than they're used to, you know, different a different computer than they're used to, or Xbox or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so that that is a, a very big ask that most people would see and say, oh, yeah, why, why not set up an arcade? Gaming is super popular. Of course people will come out. And it's like, no, they won't. Like, <laughs> they're, they're, you have to have something outside of that, right? And so... When um, when we go, so this season, um, season seven is what we're on now. And we're competing for $100,000. So 
So the gamers that win, team that wins, wins a hundred thousand dollars. Um, that's more than any league out there. Period. Like you, you, they're they're one. Um, we are the only ones in the world that do the multi-game format. But even on the singular title games, that's wild. I never knew that there was actually like a monetary factor to this. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So even like little league, we we give scholarships. Um, we actually work with quite a few colleges now. Wow. Um, and um, and so, um, out outside of that though, the the players are extremely motivated to um, to win not only for like the glory of being an in gamer now, but also for the opportunity to win you know that type of cash. And so, um, like I said, it's it is something that um, that really allows people to do what they love, and that's my goal. My goal since day one. Um, that our, our mantra is it's where gamers go pro. And I believe that a gamer is, um, is, is like somebody like myself when I was a kid and I just, I, I enjoy video games. I don't, I've never just played one title, you know, and, and I know there's millions of people, billions of people just like me that just enjoy oh, yeah. video games, you know, and they watch their one game because that's what esports tells them it is that they don't know the anything outside of that. Right. Um, Henry Ford said, if, if people would have asked me or if I would have listened to what the consumer would have asked, I would have just given them a faster horse. Right. That's all that yeah. they wanted because yeah. it's all they knew. Yep. They, so the, the, it, he had to see it first and then build it and then make them want it. And that's essentially what we're doing. We're having to we, we've built it and now we have to convince them that they want it. And then once they're convinced that they want it, they can't they can't get enough of it. I mean. Um, our fans are extremely loyal. Our player base is huge. I mean, right now we're over 400 um, gamers and we're really only operating in Virginia. But we have people that travel from California. We have a game tonight um, and someone's and there's three people traveling from New York for four to six hour drives um, or train rides or plane or whatever um, to wow. get over here and compete. Um, and it, it's, you know. It is probably the most fun you'll ever have. Um, it's it's amazing. So, I, I think yeah. you're in a good space. You mentioned how COVID was was a challenge in the beginning, but I think it's going to be a, a blessing on the backside of it because, like every conference we go to now, you can attend it virtually. You can sit yep. in your living room or in your office. But we just went to a conference two weeks ago in Nashville. They had the largest attendance they've ever had in in at least more than a decade that this conference has went on. So I think people want to be together. They want to yep. be in a community and they want to interact with people in, you know, an IRL in the real world. Yep. So, yep. And most life. people don't Consider know how. We lost. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, most people don't know how anymore to, to interact. You know what I mean? Sure. And, yeah. and so without a reason or a common language to speak, it makes it really difficult in today's world because if you're not, you know, in a virtual world where you feel safe, um, you don't really know, know how to interact. And so, you know, our gamers just can walk up to each other and say, Oh, what genre do you play? You know, Oh, I play shooters. Oh, can you teach me? You know, I, I play yeah. strategy. I, I'll teach you, you teach me. And then we create, you know, they, they create friendships out of the same common language, which is gaming. Um, and so we've, we've been able to really, take that in and turn it into something that I, I, again, I believe is just probably one of the most, it's, it's the most beautiful thing um, ever. Uh, it, it really is to me. And, and um, yeah, and I think when we, when we speak to, to different colleges and stuff, cause that's kind of, we're pushing a lot more of the education side of it too. Cause there's a lot of education around it. 
um, gaming period has a ton of education. You know, each we we look at it and we've broken it down to genre specific um, things like a shooting game teaches hand eye coordination. It teaches split second decision making. It teaches um, movement and um, so I mean so team on uh, team building. All of those things, communication. Uh, all of those things are, are things that you're going to learn in any given shooting game. Whereas, you know, a fighting game, you get memory recall, you know, button layouts, button mapping, understanding, um, understanding combos and your opponent and understanding their patterns. Those types of things are all important in life, you know. Um, but until somebody actually helps you understand that the importance of it and breaks it down to that level, you just see it as gaming. It's just uh-huh. gaming. They're just playing video games, right? And, um, but there is so much more to it that, uh, that if you, if you miss it, you won't, you won't understand the art or the beauty and everybody doesn't see art as art, right? Everybody doesn't see the beauty of art. And it takes time to to really unpack the advantage of esports. And you've done a great job of laying that out today. But so we have a daughter that went to the played sports in high school, ultimately ended up playing in college now for, for a, a certain amount of time. And then uh, ultimately said, you know, let me focus professionally. But what we saw her carry through from athletics is still serving her to this day, professionally and as a mom and everything else, the discipline and and uh, the, the focus. And now I'm start, starting to see this unpacked with esports as well, that these kids who maybe don't have athletic ability like me i was just not born with athletic yeah i i do okay but yeah i never had hopes of ever playing anything beyond just jv maybe a little varsity but this gives kids an opportunity who maybe physically they're not there or they don't have access to facilities this this is a big deal for them to carry over those athletic pluses but in a different form so yeah i mean the Everything. community is like amazing developing those skills and actually have an opportunity to gain something to be able to go to college and further education and you know career aspects that's amazing yeah i mean and if you think you know everybody every, everybody isn't going to even if you worked really hard at it not everybody's going to do anything in sports you know you have there's everything from like you as a really bad asthma or you know handicapped or you know um some that that those types of, or just, you just don't like, you know, yeah, athletics or, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. You don't like the, to sweat. Right, you're right. <laughs> um, but like, you know, what in the, what do they have in the world outside of the, the kind of, they're, they're the, them being ostracized as, oh, you know, the typical gamer or, you know, the way that the world looks at the gamer. Um, I've always just seen it as, as sad. You know, when I was a kid, I enjoyed video games. I was great at athletics, but I, it, what I really enjoyed video games, um, and my brother was the same. And um, and we all the time we had to hear about how you know rotting our brains or yeah, you know, get outside, yeah. you know, all these different things that um, you know now you know it's your people are starting to kind of come around, but at the same time there still is that stigma on it where you know if you're not outside or you're not doing something. Um, athletic then you're not it's it's not it's no good for you you know there's no benefits to it and it's just not true uh and you know there there i believe that there should be something for the people like me as well as the people like you know lebron james like uh, both of us should be able to enjoy something and have that that limelight and and i believe that there's going to be 
I, I believe our gamers are going to our in gamers are going to be um, bigger than any NBA NFL star combined because uh, there's 3.3 billion gamers. There's yeah. only like 400 million basketball players. So yeah. do the math. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be much bigger. <laughs> Very cool. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do it? Uh, you can uh, shoot me an email, info at UEL Esports. Um, you can go to our website, UELesports.com. That's U-E-L, Ultimate Endgamers League. Um, and then uh, you can go to any of our socials, Twitter, Twitch, um, uh, TikTok, all of it. It's at UEL Esports. So just UEL Esports, you type that in, and we'll, we're the first thing that comes up. Fantastic. Titus, I, I, this has been an eye-opening conversation, and I think it's going to be eye-opening for our, our listeners and viewers as well. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. Nothing but the best. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hey, good deal. Hey, thank you. I, that was great. That was I learned a lot. So. Me too. And like I said, we've already been kind of involved with it. We have a client. Um, it's a it's a really big gym, and they bring they're bringing people in from around the country to do various types of specialized training. One of the things they want to get into is doing. Um, is helping esports participants to improve their physical, um, you know, how to how to learn how to use their body effectively because they're seeing the same heart rate that athletes are exerting, and and so they. It's a performance know. center. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yep. Yeah, we're 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 um, trying to push forward the the, the collegiate side. Um, we have a big event that's coming up uh, with. Uh, 20 different um, colleges that uh, is going to be like a McDonald's kind of all American event type thing. So cool. we actually are working with McDonald's as well um, to set that up. And then, uh, and then we're working with Oklahoma university and Nebraska. Um, and then a couple here in Virginia where we started. So, so, I mean, if you think about it, like, you know, if someone wants to do esports in college right now, again, they have to first ask themselves, what game are we playing? And then that eliminates 99% of their students. So it's like now you, you don't have anything for everyone. And so you're, you're going to spend all this time and effort getting a coach and trainers and players and all that um, just to, to, to upset the other 99% that now have nowhere to go because you don't include them. Right. Um, whereas you can be all inclusive with what we do, allow everyone to have a place and, and, um, and compete and work together to create an awesome team. That's great. Fantastic. Hey, we'll, uh, I'm going to put you on the list to circle back with you probably down the road, six months, whatever the case may be, and, and get Absolutely. an update on how things are going. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, man. Right. I appreciate you for having me on. Thanks, Titus. Right, guys. Bye. Bye. See you. Hey, that was Titus Walker and a great conversation. We had a good time talking to him. We'll look forward to uh, checking in with him. Maybe four locations in Virginia, but he wants to expand. One of his ideas is to take up some extra retail space. Um, that retailers may have that he can kind of co-mingle with them just yes. much, much like you find a Starbucks inside a Target. So, uh, you know, while the kid, mom and dad can go shopping and the kids could be, you know, getting an introduction to gaming. So he's also very involved in the community. I love that. You know, yes. the college fund. Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. So Titus Walker here with us. Don't forget, uh, coming up next week, uh, we're going to be talking about going back into AI next week in episode 36. Kind of clearing up some fears that people have, and we'll go a little bit deeper into how it works, referencing a good article that came out recently. We're going to be talking about that uh, next week on Team Lotus Cares, episode 36. Don't forget, you can get Maria's weekly cybersecurity tips. 
They come out every Thursday morning, and they're just short little one or two paragraphs on something you can do to improve your personal cybersecurity awareness and protecting yourself. Look forward to it. Speak to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Team Lotus Cares podcast. This is a free service of Lotus Management Services, business clarity empowered by technology. Visit us on the web at lotusbusinesstech.com.